0: and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back folks to another very, very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. I'm excited to have the opportunity to share with you and connect with you. This episode is Coffee with Coot. I posted on social media a few months ago. If you had the opportunity to sit down for tea or coffee with me, what is a question or a few questions you might like to ask? And uh, I got so many amazing questions that I that I decided to uh, make an entire episode or few episodes on Soul Talk, answering some of your questions. So Coffee with Coot segments are much more informal, a little more casual, uh, unplanned. We're just free flowing. Uh, what I basically do is I have your questions here and I scroll down and pick one and we see where we go. It's like the lottery. It's so exciting. I never know what question I'm going to tackle, and so here goes. Uh, question number one: The brutality of Groundhog's Day during the lockdown pandemics, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, gets to me sometimes. Any suggestions on how to stay in the day with a positive vibe? You know, I can really understand how it's challenging, especially during this time, to feel like maybe you don't have control of many things, can't go out, can't travel. Every day might seem like the same. And so on one level, uh, we can see that as a limitation which on one level it is. But if we simply focus on the limitation, if we simply focus on what's not, if we simply focus on what we can't, if we simply focus on how we seem controlled, then over time, we will begin to become disempowered within ourselves. We'll begin to not only disempower ourselves, we'll lower our frequency, our vibration, we'll start losing motivation, especially as you start doing the same thing over and 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 over, and over again. First and foremost, number one, I would just say it's a mindset. A few mindset shifts. Number one, see see if you can begin to recreate, reframe the context of what you are living daily. Not just as I'm in lockdown, I'm in quarantine. I'm in, you know, I'm doing the same thing every day. Really see this time, see this uh, period of time as a, uh, we'll call it as a spiritual gymnasium. You know, when you go to the gym, you sometimes do. Repetitions. Repetition is doing a particular exercise or something over and over and over again in order to build muscle, to build tone. And so you go to the gym, you don't just do it once. You go to the gym and you don't just every single time do different exercises. You do 10 reps, you do 15 reps and have a break. And the next day you go do another 15 reps on, the, on your legs and maybe a few, a few days later you do the legs again. The repetition is actually what begins to build uh, build muscle in your body. And so even though you might be living what you call a groundhog's day, shift your context and reframe how you perceive it. I want you to begin seeing as a context first. Start seeing what you're experiencing and what you're going through as a spiritual gymnasium that the universe is actually giving you to be with yourself as a spiritual gymnasium that universe is giving you to go into the gym, to develop, to develop the consistency, to develop the mental, the emotional, the spiritual practices, the, the internal muscles so that you can uh, sculpt yourself mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, in your body, in your being, in your nervous system, so that you can embody your truth, embody your knowledge, embody the deepest depth of what you are, through the consistent repetition of your spiritual practice. So, if you really reframe and see the time you're going in as going through as a spiritual gymnasium, that can help you deal with somewhat the repetitive monotonous fact uh, factor of what you might be living. It will start shifting your relationship with what you call the Groundhog's Day situation so that you can go through it. So you're not just going through it like, oh, I have to do the same shit again. You can go through it with a different relationship, a different perspective where you can be like, wow, I get to meditate. I'm building my soul force. I get to do this action. I get to go exercise. I'm building my soul force. This time is the preparation. See this time as the necessary cultivation and preparation of your soul, that the universe is preparing you because there will come a moment. Because look, remember too, this too shall pass. That's a key as you go through this time. Nothing lasts forever. This too will pass. Every experience is transitory. When we're going through an experience that we sometimes focus on the experience and it can sometimes feel like it will last forever, it won't. Expand your perception. Hold the greater context. Remember this is a transitory temporary moment. Maybe it lasts six months, another year, 18 months, but it will not last forever. And so if you really do that, many times when we're in an experience, we're so wanting to get out of the experience and be in another experience, thinking that the other experiences is, is, is much more uh, joy-filled, much better. We have FOMO about an experience that we haven't had yet. So often we're never really... Exactly where we are because we're busy wanting to be somewhere else. If you look back pre-pandemic days, there were probably mo- many of us listening to this conversation. There was many, maybe many of you that you were living life, but you wanted to you couldn't wait until you arrived at some different destination or different point in the future when your life was different and you were dreaming about that. So you were never really fully experiencing the life that you had. Now, I know I've spoken to many people in the pandemic situation, not able to travel, not able to go out, that now they're dreaming about, oh my gosh, I, I, just, I just wish I could have my life back. I wish I could just have the life back that I didn't want to be in. I just want that back. So many times we're never really fully where we are. And when we're never really fully where we are, where we are, always wanting to be somewhere else, we don't truly maximize the opportunity where we are. So use this time to develop yourself spiritually. Use this time to meditate. Use this time to get spiritually shredded, to to develop your internal soul force, because there will come a time when this time is over and the universe will eject you, send you back into life. When that moment comes, make sure you're ready, make sure you're ripe, make sure you're spiritually strong, make sure you've cultivated the internal spiritual mass so that you can become the person that, the, that, that your soul and the divine is seeking for you to be and seeking to express through you as so that when your moment comes and the world opens and opens and opens, you are ready to blossom and give your gifts. Not saying, wow, I wish I had meditated more. I wish I'd used that time. I wish I had read more, cultivated more, released more, healed more. Yes? Use the time. Use it as a spiritual gymnasium. Number two, the other thing I would say during this time where you might feel like things are Groundhog's Day, uh, shift your perception. Make an internal choice to see how you can be responsible to get creative with your routines. Many times we create habits and routines that we do repetitively that actually are reinforcing the person or the limitation, uh, the, the person that we were or the limitation and stories that we have held onto and who we have identified ourselves to be. And so I would say, use this time to mix things up. Use this time to intentionally find a way to get more creative, because in this time, if you can access and find ways to get more creative, find ways to do things differently, find ways to try things you have never tried before, find ways to to go places you haven't been. It might be just in your neighborhood. Find ways to to explore. Find ways to explore, even if it's internally, parts of your own self. Parts of your suppressed uh, psyche, personality, aspects of yourself that maybe you haven't had the time to get in touch with. It could be your masculinity. It could be your femininity. It could be your, your, your nurturing side. It could be the light. The dark, the full, as human beings, we are an entire rainbow of emotions, a rainbow of possibilities. There's many different aspects to us that often we don't get to experience. We don't get to fully nurture because we are busy being something, a CEO, a president, a mother, a, a this, or that. And so use this time to get curious about parts of yourself that maybe you forgot about. Use this time to get curious about parts of yourself that you, you lost touch with. To me, this is an aspect of creativity. This is an aspect of of that and being open to that because as you do that, even in this time where things might seem the same, as you do that and you get in touch with parts of yourself, you never know what will unfold in your life, what will get created in your life as a result of getting getting in touch with those different aspects of yourself. So what aspects of yourself have you suppressed? What aspects of yourself have you denied? What aspects of yourself have you lost touch with? What aspects of yourself in your own psyche have you forgotten about that you get to now explore? And possibly, I'm not going to say become a new person, but expand your own sense of possibilities as a human being. The other thing I would say is obviously, simply, Cultivate gratitude. Really focus during this time what you're grateful for. Focus on this time uh, uh, what you're grateful for. Really Really also use this time to get clear on what is no longer in alignment with your life. What is no longer in alignment with who you vibrationally are today and release and let go. Use this time as a, shall we say, house cleansing, soul cleansing, life cleansing process. Lastly, every moment of your life is precious. So if any part of you is waiting for another moment, projecting into another moment, you have the opportunity to see how deeply you can go into this moment and experience the inherent bliss, the inherent joy, the deep sense of aliveness that is within you. So often we are conditioned, almost in a Pavlovian way, to seek happiness, joy, bliss outside of ourselves. Money, food, sex, work, fame, uh, alcohol. It, the list goes on, yes? In so many ways, we become dependent on external sources for a sense of aliveness. And so as you seem to be in this Groundhog's Day experience doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's, it's a, this is a profound, profoundly ripe spiritual soil for a deeper awakening within you. It's a profoundly ripe spiritual soil for you to awaken to the inner aliveness of your being like never before, where you can begin to realize what is the source of my happiness? What is the source of my aliveness? What is the source of me feeling good? What is the source of my joy? Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with traveling and going here and doing that and novel experiences. But all experiences fade. All experiences are transitory. All experiences are states. And all states come and go. And so, if you use this time also to go inside, Can I experience joy, bliss, happiness, just being? Not because anything has changed. Not because anything is different. Not because of a new experience, but just because. And so therein lies another opportunity to really look at where have I placed the source of my own In a joy, in a happiness? Where have I placed the source of my own sense of aliveness? And can you go through this moment as a meditation to tune into what's breathing me? What is the source of aliveness? When you can't go outside, the opportunity to go inside and get intimate Get intimate with your true self. Get intimate with your own soul. Because as you access that, as you go deeper inside, as you go deeper inside, you will find a source of energy, aliveness, intelligence, power, where joy and bliss resides. And so keep going. I know it's not easy, but you can do it. Okay, folks, let's take. A, let me see. Take a couple of other questions. Uh, quick question, Kud. How do I find the balance between giving and receiving? I ask it as a recovering caretaker. On one level. It's beautiful to give. It's a beautiful thing to give, but I invite you also to, when you give, if you're a recovering caretaker, uh, you might start seeing that some of your giving is not just giving to give. Some of your giving is an expression that is rooted in your identity and your conditioning. If you look at how we get conditioned, we're born as these whole beings, these little babies that are free. We're born into this world and we meet our parents. And in order to survive, we learn two things. We learn to shut down, disconnect, not feel. The pain of what might be going on around us, divorce, pain, trauma, hurt, neglect. We also start learning how to the sense of who do I need to be in order to get love. Oh, if I take care of people, if I give, if I give, people love me. Oh, good girl. Good boy. He's so nice. She's so sweet. Wow. Great. I can relate to the caretaker thing because I grew up in the church, having to take care of hundreds of thousands of people as a young boy, speak to them, preach to them, take care of them, serve them. And I got so much validation and reinforcement by being the caretaker that on many levels I became, didn't even know it, I became I I started to get conditioned to become over-responsible. And so much of my sense of identity, who I am, value, came from taking care of people. Now, it's beautiful to give and it's beautiful to take care of people. But when you give, I want you to begin observing. Where is this coming from? Where is it coming from inside of me? Is my giving authentic? Is my Am I giving because it's true? Am I giving because it feels aligned? Am I giving because I feel called? Am I giving because I want to give? Am I giving because it's coming from a pure place in my heart? Or am I giving out of conditioning? Am I giving because I'm afraid? Am I giving because I want someone's vali- uh, uh, validation and love and acceptance? And so for a period of time, I would invite you as a giver or an over giver to step back and begin to observe your natural tendency and habit and begin to question yourself. In order to start shifting, we must start becoming conscious and aware. Many times we aren't conscious and aware. We're just operating on automatic pilot. We're operating and living out the conditioning and programming of our past. So start becoming uh, conscious and aware of your own patterns before you just act them out and start giving. At first, they might feel a little bit uh, uncomfortable. So this inner exploration is something I invite you to, to begin. In terms of giving, it's beautiful to give. Be aware. But what you also have to realize is giving and receiving are really interconnected. Giving and receiving are two sides of the same coin. Giving and receiving are two aspects of one process. Without receiving, there is no giving. Without giving, there is no receiving. And so if there's no one that receives, you can't give. And so the reality is, who is giving to who? Because even the person receiving on one level is giving you the opportunity to give. And so by them receiving, they are giving you an opportunity they're giving you an opportunity by their receiving. So what if they didn't receive? What if they no one received? So on one level, I remember many years ago, uh, I was speaking to someone. It must have been 20 years ago because I was always giving and, giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. And I started realizing I'm actually giving more for myself than who I'm giving to. That was a realization. So why am I giving? What's driving my giving? What's my, mo- what's my motivation? But one day, someone who I was giving a lot to, who wanted to give to me, looked at me and he said, Koot, stop being so damn selfish. And I looked at him and I was very shocked because I thought, what do you mean being selfish? Stop being so damn selfish. I was a little upset. I was actually a little offended. Look at all I give. Look at all I do. Look at everything I give to you. Oh, my God. Look at everything I give. I said, you're selfish because you don't give me an opportunity to give back to you. Because you're constantly giving. And I thought that was so fascinating. It really blew my mind. Many times... When we're constantly just being the giver, we're being selfish because we're robbing another person of the opportunity to open their heart, to access compassion, to access generosity, and give. Constantly giving can, be, can actually be a selfish thing. <laughs> that blew my mind. Two sides of the same coin. Allowing yourself to receive can be a profound blessing. Allowing yourself to receive someone's gift to you can be a profound blessing to the other person, as much, if not more, than you giving to them. Just like there is an inhale, there is an exhale. An inhale, an exhale. Giving and receiving. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to receive deep down because we don't feel deeply uh, worthy of receiving. We don't feel truly like I'm worthy to receive just as I am. And so I have to do and earn it and give so much in order to be able to receive. I'd invite you to look at where you might not feel worthy, where you might not feel acceptable. And look at, in growing up, what did receiving mean to you? Maybe when someone gave to you growing up, we all, we all have so much conditioning around certain things. Maybe when someone gave to you growing up, it was te- like your, your mom or your dad, uh, there were so many strings attached that the giving wasn't, the, the giving was not uh, clean energetically. There was energies of manipulation and control. And so as a sort of way to, to not feel manipulated and controlled as a child, you just, closed up and stopped receiving because it didn't feel good. So i invites invite you to look at what is your conditioning around receiving? What are the associations around receiving? What are the experiences that you've had around receiving? Is it coming from conditioned identity? Is it coming from self-worth? Is it coming from some association around receiving that wasn't healthy? When you can start becoming conscious and aware, then you can start feeling, experiencing, dealing with, and letting go of the beliefs of the stories and the feelings and emotions that are connected to the experiences that may have conditioned you in the first place. Giving and receiving, two sides of the same coin. When you allow yourself to receive, you often give the other person, the giver, a huge gift. And there is no giver without a receiver. And there is no better or worse. Sometimes we think it's better to give than to receive. But if there's no one to receive, then there's no one to give. None is better or worse than the other. So breathe, know that you're worthy, and allow yourself to receive. Okay, folks, here's the next question. What are your thoughts around the Bible? Do you practice it and believe in it? This is interesting. Uh, I grew up uh, in the church reading the Bible. My father was very spiritual. So I have a different maybe relationship with the Bible in a sense. I believe the Bible is a profound text that has wisdom. The challenge is, depending on your level of consciousness, knowledge is structured in consciousness. Let me repeat, knowledge is structured in consciousness. So depending on your level of consciousness, you can read the Bible and interpret the Bible only based on the level of your consciousness in this particular moment of your life. And so if you're not evolved or you're more evolved, you will see and interpret the Bible differently. And so the Bible, I believe, on some level, has profound wisdom, profound truths in it but in so many ways has been misinterpreted by people that did not have the level of consciousness to truly understand the meaning and the real essence, the real esoteric meaning and essence hidden inside of the language and the text and some of the mystical true meaning may have also been lost through the translation from Aramaic as well. So the Bible is deep but is subject to the level of interpretation based on the consciousness of the reader. Of the reader. That's one thing. So I'm all for reading the Bible, as also read all holy texts. But I also feel that reading alone is not enough. I know many people that read the Bible. And other texts, by the way, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, and what have you. But you're asking about the Bible. I know many people that read the Bible, but when I look at how they live their lives, when I look at how they treat their spouse, when I look at the fact that they're cheating and cheating and having affairs and living out of integrity and not being their word and stealing and the the, the list goes on, when I look at how they live their lives, but they read the Bible, I'm really not, not impressed. To me, just reading the Bible is not enough. It's about, can you live the true meaning of what it's about? Can you live the true essence, correctly interpreted, of what it's about? And so when you really understand what it's about through this correct interpretation, then I believe it has to be lived. To me, that's the real essence. Are you living your spirituality? Are you living it in your life, in your relationships, in how you treat people? This is real spirituality. So if you're just reading and not living, if you're just reading and not practicing, if you're just reading and not loving, I believe it's a waste of time. Okay, folks, next question. What is the definition of healing to you? Definition of healing that I heard many, many years ago that I really like and I think is quite profound is healing is the application or applying love to those parts of ourselves that are hurting. Healing is applying loving compassion to those parts of ourselves that are hurting. As human beings, we all have pain. As human beings, we all have trauma. As human beings, we all have hurt. As human beings, we all have pain, hurt, guilt, shame, resentment, what have you, feeling insecure, not enough. When we don't deal with that, when we don't heal those parts of ourselves, those unresolved parts of ourselves will tend to play out and act out. We will act out those parts of ourselves in our life consciously, unconsciously, or we will attract situations in our life, that are a vibrational reflection of the unresolved feelings that we have not dealt with. Life is really the opportunity to heal. Relationship is really the opportunity to heal because it brings up the unresolved shit that you haven't dealt with. When we deny it or we suppress it, we reinforce it. When we deny it, judge it, suppress it, don't deal with it, nothing changes. When we have the ability to realize that when we can hold ourselves, hold our pain, hold your hurt, hold your shame, hold your humanity, hold the insecurity, hold your inner child, and bring loving and compassion to those parts of yourselves and the parts of yourself that are in pain, the parts of yourself that are hurting, the parts of yourself that that feel broken are really, or acting out, are really the parts of yourself that need the most loving because they weren't given loving growing up as children. And because they weren't given loving sufficiently, we started to uh, unconsciously seek loving in different ways. Underlying every behavior is a deeper underlying positive intention of a part of us that is trying to or seeking to get something. We're just going about it through a behavior or sabotage or a way of being that often is not healthy. So true healing is the ability to see those parts of ourselves, hold those parts of ourselves with compassion, and bring loving, loving, understanding, compassion to those parts of ourselves which are often very young. What is real love? Another question from someone. You know, it's quite interesting because many times we say, I love you, right? We say to someone in our lives, I love you, I love you so much, I love you, I love you, I love you. But the moment they don't do what we want, the moment they don't give us what they wa- what we want, the moment they don't behave how we want them to behave, the moment they don't fit our idea of who we think they should be or li- or they're living their lives according to how we perceive their, uh, th- that they should be living their lives, we stop loving them. And so we start realizing that often what we call love is not real love. Our loving has so many conditions on them. Our loving has so many uh, expectations on them. That is not true, real love. I'll love you if you behave a certain way. I'll love you if you give me blah, blah, blah. I'll love you if... So in many ways, we're actually not loving. It's a trade. It's a barter you be a certain way you fit a certain paradigm that's in my mind about how you should behave then i love you this is not love real love true love is without conditions real love is the natural energy of what you are love is not something that you get love is not something that you seek we're mistakenly seeking loving outside of ourselves because we've become disconnected from the true essence of what we are. When we realize that we are not our past, our pain, our trauma, our identities, when we realize that what we really are at the depth of our being is infinite, is is a consciousness, is an, is an energy, is love itself moving, is everything and nothing. And wisdom is knowing that you are nothing and true love is knowing that you are everything and the two are really one and the same when you realize that you're not just this body this condition personality and persona that you are an unconditioned pure frequency and energy then you realize that every single human being and everyone every person every human being alive whether they're black white green or orange is also that pure consciousness energy of the divine manifesting itself that you aren't just this costume of a human body that you happen to be, black, white, Middle Eastern, Asian, Chinese, the list goes on. That you are essence, consciousness. And what I, then you realize what I am is what you are, what you are is what we are, what we are is what we all are. Then we are one. In that inherent knowing and realization that we are one. Only love is present, only love can remain when I know that I am you and you are me. how can I not love you? I may not agree with your belief, I may not agree with your uh, choices that's okay, but to truly realize that we are one and then to simply show up unconditionally is to is to see. Love is to see the truth about another person. Love is to see who they really are. Maybe they're screwing up. Maybe they're acting like an idiot. But true love is I see you. True love is the ability to see who they are even when they forget who they are. It's not just in a mood, right? It's not just an emotion. If you're loving, is a mood. Sometimes you're in the mood. Sometimes you're not in the mood. Sometimes you feel like it. Sometimes on one level, love is a commitment. But your ability to see who they are, this is love. This is the greatest gift. Because then in your presence of seeing, those around you can remember who they are. And at the deepest level, what we are is love. And when we realize what we are is love, what we are is whole, what we are is complete, then we don't need to seek it in other people outside. We begin to become full within ourselves. And as we become full within ourselves, we can move into life, not trying to get love, take love, pretend, do all of these crazy things to try and get love. We buy things, do things, contort ourselves, change our bodies, all to really get love. When we know that what we are is love, something inside us blossoms. When we know that what we are is love itself, we stop seeking and we become it, we be it, we express it. And an amazing thing happens. When you be it and you express it like a flower, you begin to attract more and more beautiful people into your life. Hey folks, hope you enjoyed this short episode, Coffee with Coot. I actually don't drink coffee. I'm more of a matcha type of person, sometimes bone broth, lots of water each day. But hey, Coffee with Coot sounded fun. If you have questions you'd like to ask, email me your questions, cootblackson at cootblackson.com. I will do another episode of Coffee with Coot in the next few weeks. Sending you much love.